Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. But I want to talk to you today about building your day while minding your money. 
holy smokes, my children are upstairs making a racket. I'm sorry. This is real life and real mommy. <laughs> so building your day while minding your money. I'm going to give you some tips because as I go through a journey and I'm constantly um, a student of wealth and learning to build more and more, greater and greater, such that I can give, I learn these valuable lessons and I love to share them. So number one, I want you to go be a student of wealth. If you have a pen and paper, I want you to, here's three of my favorite books. And I just, I think they're a great place to start. Many of you have probably already read all of them. And I think you can read them multiple times through your journey and each time you will take away something else. So obviously the amazing Rich Dad Poor Dad book by Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter, that is a phenomenal book to teach you to train your brain to think differently about money. Another one that I love when I'm thinking of being a student of wealth, and I've shared this one with you, but it really is truly one of my favorites, is the Tax-Free Wealth Book by Tom Wheelwright. Tom Wheelwright has an, a fantastic book um, that helps you to understand how you can maximize and how you can get, you know, keep the most of your money because your tax liability is one of your greatest expenses of your lifetime. And then The Richest Man in Babylon, just a great, great book. Those are things to get you started. But I think as I read and as I journey, number two, I want you to simplify and be sure that you understand the difference between assets and liabilities. Because this is what, this is the difference between the middle class and the rich. Understanding the difference between assets and liabilities and focusing on acquiring more assets, more assets. So let me talk to you and let me simplify it this easy. Assets pay you money. Liabilities steal from you. They rob you. Assets pay you, liabilities rob you. So when you make your decisions on what you're putting your money toward, ask yourself, is this an asset or a liability? Is it going to pay me and generate income or is it going to steal from me? And the, the like common misconception the reason that you, the fact that things can be both assets and then, or liabilities first and then assets later is why sometimes you hear people say, well, your primary residence, that's your house, that's a liability, you're paying for it, while other people will call it an asset. So it gets confusing out there and you really need to understand and think about what's the difference. Assets pay you, liabilities steal from you. And the truth is your house could be either, depending on your situation. So if you have it, if you have payments and you have a mortgage on it and it's costing you, then it's a liability. If you've paid for it and you use it to buy more assets that generate you more income, then you could call it an asset. I'll give you an example of how to make a primary residence an asset that pays you. But you hear a lot of investors and they talk about, you know, oh, my, my primary residence is owned in an LLC and I lease it back to myself or, or my, my, you know, there's, there's different things that creative investors do. And I always say, check with your tax accountant and have an awesome one. Have one that understands assets and liabilities, understands the tax code. You'd be surprised how many of them are just um, fearful of being audited. And so they actually don't maximize your tax deductions. They actually don't maximize or, you know, reduce your tax liability. Find somebody confident in what they do. They're worth paying for. But I've got a, a gal on my team. She's like 21 years old. And she said, 
Kristen, I want to buy a duplex. What should I do? This is one of the easiest things and the neatest ways to make your primary residence an asset. So she can use a mortgage. She can live in one side of that duplex, making it her primary residence. She can um, take the benefit and the lower interest rate of a primary mortgage, a primary loan. And yet she can put a tenant in the other side and make it pay her mortgage and then some, and then it's a cash flowing asset that is also her primary residence. But here's the thing that people get caught up in. What are you willing to do to get to your freedom? Most of the time I hear people say, oh, but I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna live in a duplex, or I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna have a roommate and rent a room, or I don't, and the truth is like, how bad do you want it? How fast do you want it? It's up to you. Number three, understand the old saying, understand why the rich get richer and the poor stay poor. I have a lot of friends that make a lot of money and still have none. It's not about how much you make. It's about your habits with it. So the poor, the way this works is the poor, they, they go to work, they trade their time for money, and then with the money that they made, they go and they pay their bills. There's no extra, it's just in and out. So I want you to think of income and expenses. You go to work, you work, 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 you take that paycheck, it all goes to your bills. That's how money flows for the poor. Now the middle class is similar but different. They make a decent living, but they buy liabilities that they think are assets. Because when we talk to an accountant, if we buy a vehicle and it has a, uh, it has a lien on it, they still put it on our assets portion of our balance sheet. So we think, oh, we have assets. But they buy liabilities that they think are assets with money that they often don't have. And they often aren't living a lifestyle that costs them less than what they're bringing in. So they're living above their means. They're, they've built a nice life. It looks pretty from the outside, but it's costing them more than they make so they go and borrow to cover those expenses. And when they borrow, now guess what they have to do? They've got to go work more hours because they've upgraded their lifestyle. They've still got to live below their means and they don't consistently do this. Often they don't have a lifestyle that costs them less than what they bring in. If they do, sometimes they're just not consistent about it. They buy cars, they buy homes, they buy things you know, buying a home is great. It's what I do. I sell people homes all day long. But buying a home that you can afford is something that I see a lot of people not do. Just because the bank says you can afford it doesn't mean that you should buy at the top of your of your uh, qualification and things like that. Like, it's got to make sense. And oftentimes, people are just not thinking that way. They look like assets on a balance sheet but they're costing them and not paying them. So they're still liabilities, but the middle class believe that these things they're putting their money in are assets. Remember, assets pay you, liabilities steal from you. So they're still trading their time for money. 
But now they have nicer things. The bills are higher. It keeps them a slave to their job. They have to now work more hours to keep up with higher payments. And then they go push for the raise, which requires them more, which when they get the raise, they go buy nicer things and upgrade their style of living, their quality of living. And it's just a cycle. They become a slave to their job. They work more just to maintain the upgraded lifestyle. Now the rich, the rich do this differently. So the poor money goes into, in, the money goes into the income account and out the expense account and it's gone. The middle class, the money goes into the income account, they go and pay for liabilities, they buy liabilities that cost them and it all comes out in their expenses. Now they've gotta go pay all those bills. Now the rich do something different. And I challenge you to gamify this and start thinking this way because this is the genius. The rich buy income generating assets to pay for their luxuries. It's not that they don't have nice things. We know they have nice things. Part of the facade in this life is we see a lot of people with nice things and we assume they're doing well and they're not always doing well. It just looks that way. Now the people who are truly wealthy the people who truly have good money management, they buy assets that buy them their luxuries. They don't go buy their luxuries first. They buy income generating, take note of that piece of it, because the other thing that I see happen all the time is people will go say, I'm gonna go buy a rental property, and they'll go buy something that doesn't cash flow. That's dangerous, that will destroy you. So you have to buy income generating, cash flowing properties or any kind, I mean, there's several different types of assets that generate cash flow, but they have to be cash flow generating assets to pay for your luxuries, not paying for your luxuries first. Then you lose all of the money and all of the ability and all of the opportunity to buy the income generating assets. They live below their means. Guys, the truly wealthy, not the ones that look wealthy, the truly wealthy, Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day live below their means. They don't have to work anymore. It's not a showboat. They're not buying luxury things just so that they can look fancy. They actually live below their means. Look at Warren Buffett. That man lives way below his means and he makes a whole lot of money. Um, I, the friends that I have that are doing phenomenal and can give at the highest level are the ones who are living below their means and generating their income through assets. They know the tax code. That's the other thing about the rich. They know the tax codes. I used to hate the idea of knowing the tax code. Like the word taxes makes me want to vomit. Are you kidding me? But because in that, that book, Tax-Free Wealth, is so creative and interesting and fascinating on how the rich, we hear all the time that the rich don't pay any taxes. It's because they educated themselves. They were students of wealth. They found ways to create corporations and to take the tax law and leverage it to work for them. Essentially, they took the tax law, which is the government telling you how they want the money to flow through the economy, 
And they said, hey, we're going to maximize this so that we don't have to give so much of our money to the government. So what happens, they live below their means, they know the tax code, they know how to reduce their tax liabilities, which is most of everybody's greatest expense. But they do things like create corporations and turn their liabilities into assets. They find ways to make their liabilities make them money and then they become assets. Hear that again. They find ways to take their liabilities and to make them assets. Take the things that cost us and rob us and turn them into income generating assets. I think there's some really fun ways to do that in this day and age. Like I think about um, Turo. If you haven't heard of Turo, Turo is an app on your phone where if you have a liability, it doesn't have to be a liability, but if you have a car that you have a car payment on, you can lease that car, rent that car to people as they come to town, let them drive around in it and pay your payments. Now your liability has just become an asset. So like we, we went to uh, Yellowstone this summer and it cost me, I think, shoot, it was ridiculous. The cost of rental cars this year, it was something like 700 bucks or 800 bucks for a, a handful of days. I think I only had it for two, to be honest. And I promise you that my 800 bucks from renting it to me for one weekend of the month far exceeded the guy's payment on the property or on the, on the car. So he turned his liability into an asset. That's what the rich do. They find ways to make money with them. Really what happens here is it results in the middle class paying the highest tax bills. So when we have this whole fight about richer, you know, the rich need to pay more taxes, the truth is they're students of wealth. They find ways to reduce their tax liability and they're always going to. So what that results in is the middle class really holding up the tax bill, paying the tax bill for the country. And there's a lot of your income that goes out in taxes. So this is so important for you to fall in love with and figure out a way to gamify and have fun with it in your life. How do you make taxes fun? My goodness, seriously, read that book. You'll love it. So it's less about how much the rich make, how much income they have coming in, and it's more about their knowledge. It's more about their study of money and their study of tax laws, their study of cash flow. So I encourage you, if you want to shift from being somebody whose income goes in, expenses go out, and then you're done, or your income comes in, you buy the liabilities, and then you're, it all, all the money goes away because you have to pay for those liabilities. If you are one of those people and you want to shift that, I encourage you to go become a student of wealth. Start studying money. Start studying how you can pay less taxes. Number four, this one's fun for me. Understand the genius of banking and learn to use it to your advantage. Check this out. This is nuts. So the bank says, hey, give me your money. Go deposit it over here in my account. So you go and you deposit your paycheck in their account. You pay them for that account so that they can hold your money. Then they go loan it out at a substantial interest rate to other people and they make money off the money. Now they're making income twice off the same deposit, right? They loan it out at substantial interest. And then they also go and they invest it in places that compound and grow the money that they get to keep and places where there's tax advantages for them so they don't have to pay as much taxes. And we're happy to let them do it. We're like, here, take my paycheck. Now, what if you could think about this differently? What if you were your own bank? So number five, be your own bank. 
work towards this. This is really, that is a genius business model. What if you got to be the bank? So be your own bank. You can even be the bank for others. It's genius business. If you think about it, like here's some, here's some examples. You can grab a whole life insurance policy. You get a death benefit. So if you die, your family's taken care of. It grows over time as you put money in it. It allows you to borrow money to make money so that you can buy assets that pay for, you know, that pay for the policy. So hear me again when I say that. Borrow money to make money. I didn't say borrow money to pay for liabilities. I said borrow money to pay for income generating assets. There's a difference and that's the shift in thinking that you need to start thinking. Buy assets that pay for the policy because the first thing I hear on these is, well, don't they cost a lot? Well, buy the asset that pays for it and then they cost nothing. And then you've got the death benefit. And then you've got your own bank. You've got the tax advantages. And then, only then, if you do want to fund liabilities with something like this, do it in a way that is income generating. Charge yourself interest so that that account is growing. Instead, be, be like the bank, right? Go, if you're going to use your money and loan it to yourself, go charge yourself for it. It goes back into an account that grows and compounds and over time will make you worth millions. Number six. Be their bank. I love it when people have figured this out. I've got just a few minutes, so I'm gonna move fast, but be their bank. You can, there's so many people, friends, family, who are taking loans from banks and being robbed of all kinds of crazy closing costs and fees. You can make it easier. You can make it faster for them. You can generate the income from the interest that they were gonna pay anyways. Just make sure that when you be the bank that you wouldn't mind owning the liability that they're purchasing, the asset that they're purchasing. Hopefully it's an asset and it generates income if you're lending money on it. But things like, think of it, use it as a way to teach your kids about money. Loan, them, loan it to your kids. Make them pay back their car loan. Then the interest is coming back into the account and that account has the tax advantages and you can pass it off to them in the future, this great compounded account that has grown into millions. And you also taught them about the flow of money along the way. You give your friends and family money anyways. People need student loans and things like that. If you be the bank, you have the, you're a business. That's your genius. Carrying the notes for people on housing and things like that. Think about that. Think about generating that interest. Darn it, I'm running out of time. So I am going to, because at 10, or at 8.52, 10.52 your time, I have to close this room, but I will continue this conversation next Monday to finish off how we can generate you income and change the way that you're thinking about money. I just want to wrap this up. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.